And welcome to Shady, the show where we share stories of criminal behavior. Uh, today's theme is theft, and we'll take a quick glance around the country and steal some entertaining stories from the headlines. So we're moving over to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, we've got six kids, all with lengthy rap sheets. They hit the jackpot when they successfully rob a Porsche two guns, and over $200,000 in cash. The police report says this is completely random. Um, Not sure I believe that. But many local businessmen and attorneys familiar with the boys' cases, they think otherwise. And here are some facts you guys can decide for yourselves. Now, so this group of kids, they're ranging in age from 14 to 16. There's history of mental illness, drug abuse, poor academic performance. Now, on April 27th of 2017, just a couple months ago, the group steals a Hyundai Santa Fe. First, I mean, that's the first. Philip, what do you think? If they're stealing a Hyundai, I mean, that proves mental illness? Definitely. They steal an SUV. They drive north on Interstate 95 over 100 miles to Fort Pierce. Now, according to the kids, they found a nice neighborhood, uh, knocked on doors to determine who was home, determined that the house was uninhabited, the back door was unlocked, and the safe, there was a safe in the kitchen. They just so happened to find the Porsche keys in plain sight, and two loaded firearms were uh, sitting on the table. They grab over $200,000 in cash and go on a spending spree. One of the kids claiming that he purchased permanent gold teeth, a gold bracelet, a gold chain, a Dodge Challenger, and a Mercedes C300. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I've got just a couple questions, though, for uh, if, the, if this wasn't, I don't know, planned or anything, and they just happened to get, uh, I don't know. So how... And this is just me, 14 to 16-year-old kids, uh, me as a 30-year-old here, uh, Philip, my co-host here, uh, how did they open the safe? They used their hands. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we don't know how to open a safe. Didn't say that. Huh? Yeah. yeah, and there's nowhere in the story does it tell us how they open the safe. But apparently these kids, uh, they open the same. How, come on, how? How did they? Okay. And why were there loaded guns just lying around on the table? Two loaded guns, uh, allegedly, from what they claim, sitting on the table out in plain sight. Uh, does that seem... Is that just like a very ripped man laying on the table? Or are we talking about <laughs> real guns? No, we're talking, talking about real guns. Uh-huh. Could it be... Could it be, and this is just me, like, throwing an idea out there based off of the other skepticism, skepticism, sorry, I learned that speaker, so the other skepticism, could it be that they were actually told where to go and rob, that they didn't just happen to drive 100 miles to the exact perfect house with a Porsche, guns, and $200,000 of ready cash to steal? Do these kids have prior rap sheets? I think you said they did. They have extensive rap sheets. Wow, extensive. All, all six. That's longer than I expected. Yes, yeah, not just a single thing, like multiple, multiple things for all of them. Wow. 
So are they a part of like some gang that steals stuff from people? Well, so that's the thing. So check this out. Um, we're going to quote here from the uh, from the story. Uh, absolutely. 100% random, said Brian Beatty, a spokesman for the St. Lucie County Sheriff's Office. They hit the mother load. The investigation's closed. <laughs> now, I don't know. That's not what I think. Let's see if we can get through this real quick. This is another quote from a local businessman. There's no evidence of otherwise, but it makes me suspicious. I think they're working for a gang and some adults running it. They're just doing the dirty work. Gordon Weeks, uh, chief assistant Broward public defender, said he believes law enforcement should be looking for other individuals as putting this whole thing into motion. That seems like a pretty safe bet to me, but hey, they say the case is closed. So, Philip, what's your uh, what's your final take on this? Um, my final take would be uh, how how do these kids just look in a random window? see a safe like how does that work who puts a safe in their kitchen that's what i want to know i no i totally that's agree. what i want to know yeah who puts a safe in their kitchen keep those knives sharp i, I don't know moving to california npr has done us the great favor of entitling this beekeepers feel the sting of california's great hive heist and since they started it we're gonna finish it 71 million so this guy named Max Nikolachuk, he owns 71 million bees. Uh, I don't know if they like count all of them or... They, yeah, they just... Little little bee trackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what they do, it's kind of like at um, a stadium or something, and they just shove them through the little things, turnstiles and stuff. The little turnstiles, yeah, little yeah, bee, yeah. Turnstile bee turnstile as they go into the hives. Mm -hmm. So they yeah. can count. Each, wow. They need to know Hey. they get hives or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way this guy makes his money, he he actually, you know, obviously harvests a bunch of honey and sells it. But one of the big ways is that he helps to pollinate California's almond crop by by uh, renting out his bees. And so apparently actually billions of bees are needed to pollinate California's almond crop. And we don't have enough in California. Did you say billions of bees? Because that's nuts. So they are trucked in from across the country, from places like Colorado, Arizona, Montana. And so earlier this year, there was around a million dollars worth of stolen bees. Uh, and they found them in Fresno County. We've got some direct quotes coming up that are just sweet like honey. Now, there were so many different beehives and bee boxes owned by so many different victims, Terrence says. All of these stolen bee boxes that we recovered, none of them were stolen in Fresno County. Wow, that's shocking. Uh, Terrence goes on to say, this is the biggest bee theft investigation that we've had. Most of the time, he says, beehive thieves turn out to be someone within the bee community. Did you know that they had a community? I. That's all bees have. <laughs> They just. <laughs> oh man! So now we've got this guy, Steve Godlin. He's with the California State Beekeepers Association, a uh, great and lofty um, organization. And from him, we hear there used to be a kind of code of honor that you didn't mess with another man's bees. But the alleged perpetrators of this giant hive uh, theft broke that code. <laughs> hey, he, do you think he can't? Believe it. Oh, no. 
He went way, way over the line, Godwin says. It's just, you know, heartbreaking when you go out and your bees are gone. There's <laughs> <laughs> something we yeah. have. I mean, I don't have... Do you have personal experience with... Oh, I get devastated when my bees leave all the time. <laughs> your bees leave? Yeah. Um, was she the bee's niece? She was. <laughs> the, wow. No longer. No, no more bees in the knees. Uh, anyways, so Godlin has, uh, he's had stolen, uh, hives stolen in the past. He and many other key beekeepers make their income, not just from renting out the hives, but selling the honey. Um, so when the bees are stolen, beekeepers lose out on both sources of income. Godlin says it takes time to develop a new hive by introducing a new queen, developing honey, bees, you know, we've been hit by everything from vandals to bears to thieves, but vandalism and thieving is the worst. You know, the one that hurts the most. That was Godlin. Uh, Godlin and his organization, they'll pay up to $10,000 for tips leading to prosecution of bee thieves, if you can believe it. So is he's just baffled by this honeycomb of lies. He is, and he says that if they catch them, that only relieves some of the sting. Really? Is that what he says? It's literally what he says. Wow. Why does he say that? I, don't, I know why he says that. All right, Philip, why don't you take it over? Tell us about this next story. All right, so. so. We have a story out of Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. We have a story out of Boston, Massachusetts. There were money exchangers. These are people who take uh, money for clients and send it to family and friends. Oh. Yeah. So uh, either out of the country or whatever. Oh. It's that. That's their service. Okay. Um, and so one one uh, beautiful spring day, these money exchangers are driving in their car with $420,000 in cash, mm. in cash. Uh, it's in a silver suitcase, suitcase. Uh, and so they get robbed at gunpoint. Two cars, one in front, one behind, come up, stop the car. Somehow they knew that this car was carrying this money. And they stopped, and that's right. Sounds like an inside job there. Probably an inside job. So we have Adnan Tahili, Tahlil, uh, Lee Harvey, not Oswald, oh. and Mar <laughs> Mary Mary Tekalika Hunter Horis. He's gonna shoot the money. Something like, <laughs> something like that. Uh, so these are the three who perpetrated this crime on the money exchangers. They uh, are armed and dangerous. Okay. They take the 420000 in cash, stranding these money exchangers. Not really, because they didn't take their keys to their car. So these money exchangers, they get robbed. Um, these these three leave the scene. Do they, they at take least like, blow the tires or anything? Uh, they don't do anything. They're very terrible thieves. Wow. So they, <laughs> they leave the scene at approximately 5.30, mm -hmm. and they are apprehended, still in the state. Massachusetts is really small. Yeah, okay, yeah. it's a very small state. It's, teeny. it's, it's not big. It's not big. California's huge. It's big. Massachusetts is like not what, big. like a thirtieth of California? I don't know. It's very small. Yeah, it's really tiny. Anyway, so they get caught within five hours. 
I get caught within five hours in the car that they were driving away. <laughs> They're in the same car still. The police recognize the car. They pull them over. Oh, yeah. They grab the, the license plate. Yeah. The, the police say, hey, um, you know, get out of the car. You're under arrest. And the, the guy responds, for what? Well, I mean. And they can, there's a bag literally sitting on the front seat <laughs> that says $400,000 on it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So these guys, they're just, you know, cruising out. They've got 420 grand. It takes them, they, they're not good at math. So it takes them a while to count up. I mean, they're counting one, two, three. <laughs> because we know the important thing to do when yeah. you steal something yeah. isn't to get out of town, get no. out of Dodge. No. It's to stay and count what you stole. Yes, in the same vehicle, because none of that 420000 could have been used to purchase a vehicle that wasn't hot. No, not at all. That's incredible. Yeah, so this is, this is an incredible story. They get arrested, um, and they're going to be arraigned. That. Or they have been arraigned, I guess. That's spectacular. Yes. Well, yes. Uh, here's a, a quote uh, from a spokesman for the Suffolk District County District Attorney Daniel F. Connolly. Jake Wark says the preliminary investigation suggests a planned robbery targeting a commercially owned cash transfer service. Well, let me respond to your comment, Mr. Jake Wark, um, and I mean this in no disrespect, uh, but the word he used was planned, and um, no, I guess you said planned robbery. Yeah, not the escape, though, huh? Wow. No planned escapes here. No, not at all. Well, yeah, that's just terrible. Well, that's it for this episode of Shady, the theft edition um foolish thieves edition the theft of weird goofy thieves edition weird goofy thieves edition um really hope that you liked it uh if so please subscribe listen whatever it is that you do let us know give us a call in let us know what kind of stories you'd like to hear we're gonna have some our next episode will feature some on um kidnapping cases we'll have a couple of true crime for as far as murder cases and that kind of thing coming up where we won't be quite as irreverent because that would just be wrong yeah yeah well this is uh eric i'm signing off my co-host has been philip uh philip do you have any final parting words bye i can't get more succinct than that all right thanks for listening